overflow, there is one thing you see, you see manifestation. You, you cannot run in the overflow and, and yet you are not seeing any manifestation. Manifestation works a man or woman that runs in the overflow. And so, as we are talking about the overflow, understand that we are also talking about manifestation. God manifesting you in every department of your life. Therefore, permit me to raise this prayer for you from Joel chapter 2 verse 23, even before I enter into my message. In Joel chapter 2 verse 23 to 26, he said, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. I'm not surprised it's even raining this morning. It is, it is as a result of your overflow. Verse 24, he says, And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Verse 25, he says, And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. I love it so much. The canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. Minim Samika 24, if you heard me right. 24, I take it again, he said, And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. May your wine overflow. May your oil overflow in the name of Jesus. May your floors be full of wheat, even in the name of Jesus. And I love verse 26, my last verse. He says, and you shall eat in plenty. I like it when the Bible says, I I shall eat in plenty. In fact, in real life, I hate to eat in, 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 in scarcity and in little. He says you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. May God satisfy somebody here on this platform. Bible says and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Let me speak this to the hearing of your enemy you shall not be put to shame even in the name of Jesus you shall not die in the sickness you shall not die in this poverty even in the name of Jesus you shall not die in this lack in this limitation in this want for an overflow is coming your way this morning even in the name of Jesus there shall be a turnaround there shall be a divine settlement even in the name of Jesus before the service ends God will take somebody out of the Mary clay and set your foot on the rock to stay even in the name of Jesus Jesus, if you believe it, shout a big amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. I'm already behind time. Wow. <laughs> okay. Man of God, can you project Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Please, follow me very well. Follow me very well. At a point, you may not like some things I say. As I, as I get to the end, you appreciate everything I'm sharing. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. God bless you, sir. He says, God bless you. The, the exact version I wanted is what you have given me. He has made everything beautiful in, in his time. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Oh, Sabalaba. Kaliongo Shata. Kelogo Fasha. 
also he has put eternity into man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. God bless you so much. If you are to read the King James Version, he will tell you he has, he has made everything beautiful in his time. And he has set the world in their heart. And so if you don't take care, you will not, you will not understand it well. Because the word, the word world he used there is the word eternity. So that is the word I, I, I wanted out and the man of God gave it to us rightly. Eternity. If you read the New King James Version, it says he has put eternity in their heart. He has put eternity in their heart. Eternity is a seemingly endless or immeasurable time. Eternity is a time without end. And Bible says God, he has put eternity in the hearts of men. This is so big. This is so deep. You see, your understanding of this scripture will change everything about you. So I would like to read from the Amplified Version. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, Amplified Version, he says, He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also planted, God bless you say, He has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. And then he says, A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. That is my emphasis. Mm, mm, mm. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose, working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. But God alone can satisfy. God has put eternity in our hearts. God has created us with eternity in our heart. This is the reason why we cannot be satisfied by the things of this world. Listen, if you will critically scrutinize, you will realize that there is nothing under this earth that will satisfy man. I'm telling you, there is absolutely nothing under this sun that can satisfy man. The reason is because God has put eternity in the heart of man. Man will always try to satisfy himself and his belly with the passing things of earth and time. But the truth is that there is no satisfaction because we are created for higher things. Somebody say higher things, higher things. Man is created for higher things. And so you realize nothing in this world, no material thing in this world has the capacity to satisfy man. You understand me, don't worry. There is nothing that can satisfy man in this earth. <laughs> Have you not realized any time you, you, you desire for something, that moment you get it, you, you, you are desiring for another thing. That alone should tell you nothing under this earth can satisfy you. In fact, sometimes you get the thing and then you want more of that thing again. Yes. There are men that will tell you, uh, if, I, if I get a lady with the specs I am talking about, the specs I want, that is all. I will never chase any other lady again. I will be satisfied in life and that will be all. And yet, the, as I talk, they have three ladies with these specs, the same specs. In fact, the same qualities and yet they are still chasing for more. That alone should tell you there is nothing under this sun that can satisfy man. The reason being that God 
God in his wisdom has placed eternity in the hearts of men and for that matter nothing in this world can satisfy man. Nothing. Nothing. We are talking about, about the overflow and I'm talking about this. There is a reason why I'm saying this. I'll get to my point very soon. So follow me carefully. Follow me carefully. But Jesus has given us a way to be satisfied. He has. I remember Jesus went to the house of Martha. And then Martha had a sister by name Mary who came and sat at the feet of Jesus to hear his word. But the Bible says Martha was so busy serving. And then he came to the master Jesus and said, Master, come on, don't you care? That my sister has left the kitchen. And I'm working alone and has come to sit under your feet. And I was waiting for the master to rebuke Mary and say, go and help your sister. But then Jesus opens the mouth and says, Martha, Martha. How many times did I mention your name? Twice, right? It means what I'm about to say is so, so important. So Martha, Martha. Thou are careful and troubled about so many things. You worry yourself about so many things. But one thing is needful. One thing is of a necessity. One thing is of relevance. And Mary, your sister, has chosen that good path which shall not be taken away from her. And what is that good path? Sitting under my feet, listening to my word, wishing for eternal words, wishing for things that might cannot take away from you wishing for eternal eternal things spiritual things things that will transcend transcend beyond physical material things he says your sister has chosen this portion your sister has chosen that which will bless her life listen nothing under this sun can satisfy a man. In John chapter 7 verse 37 to 39, Bible says, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man test, let him come unto me and drink. If any man test, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly, as he drink, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And Bible says, but this speak he of the spirit, which they that believe on him shall receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Thirst is something every man, every man has. Everybody on this platform thirsts. All of us are thirsting for life satisfaction. All of us are seeking to have certain life goals and desires fulfilled. There is a void, there is an emptiness that is in the heart of every person that we live our lives trying to fill. The problem that the scripture identifies in many places is that we try to fill this void with the wrong things. We try to be satisfied by things that, that, that actually cannot satisfy us. Listen, when it comes to satisfaction, there is only one thing that can satisfy a man. 
Isaiah says something profound in Isaiah 55. He said, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money. No, no, listen carefully. Isaiah 55, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. He says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk. Without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy. This scripture. God bless you, sir, for posting. Verse 2. Prophet Joe has posted. He says, verse 2. I'm taking the verse 2 alone. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy. Notice that God says that you can come to him and he will give you what satisfies. But we spend our money and time on things that do not satisfy. We work for things that will not give us the joy and lasting satisfaction. Listen. The prophet Jeremiah added to this. He said in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 12. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. And I'm waiting to hear these two evils. And then he says, one. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Listen, God calls himself the fountain of living waters. He says, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And healed our systems for themselves. Broken systems that cannot hold water. Oh my God. Is somebody getting this at all? They have forsaken me. We have forsaken God the living water. And we are out there looking for waters. We are carrying our systems for water. Yet our systems cannot carry any water. Yet the living fountain, the living rivers, the living water that is God, we have forsaken him. The water that satisfies, we have forsaken that water and we are running after water that does not satisfy. That is the problem of Christianity today. We are chasing things that bring no satisfaction. We are chasing things that bring no fulfillment. We have left God. We have left things of God. We have left spiritual things. The church is now even carnal. We no more preach spiritual things. We no more preach eternal things. It is, it is all about material things. It is all about how to satisfy your belly. How to buy material things, cars, and other things. Forgetting about the fountain of water. Forget about the, the living water that is Jesus Christ. Kola Bashata. By man of God, we are talking about the overflow. And why this? You understand me very soon. That is where, why I said when I start, you will not like it, but very soon, you, you will appreciate why all these things are coming. Yes. There is a river of living water. God himself is a fountain of living water. And so if that fountain of living water lives in us, how can you test again? When we talk about rivers, rivers speak of an overflow. When we talk about rivers, rivers, they speak of an overflow. And for, for a vessel to overflow, it needs to first be filled. True of us. For a vessel to overflow, it needs to be first filled. And filled until overflowing. That's what we call overflow. It has to be filled and filled until overflowing. 
So, God wants to satisfy us till we are overflowing. He wants to satisfy us with himself. Please, 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 please. I will come to your idea of overflow. But let me give you scripture, scripture idea of, of, of overflow. And then I will come to your idea of, of, of overflow. God wants us to satisfy us so we are overflowing with himself. But the danger is that you can have the rivers of waters in you and still struggle to get a drop of water to quench your thirst. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know if somebody heard that. You can have the well of water in you and still struggle to get a drop of water to quench your thirst. And that is a problem today. You see, I'll come to that. In fact, that will even be my, my main focus. Why there is a, a well of living water in us and still we are struggling to get a drop of water. That is a problem today. And I will come to that. But there is a scripture in Psalm 23 that I'm going to open your eyes on and probably end with and then resume into prayer. In Psalm 23 verse 5, I know you love the book of Psalms, but in Psalm 23 verse 5 to 6, if, if Joe can put it on a platform, Psalm 23 verse 5 to 6, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. In fact, if you read from the King James Version, he says, Thou prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and then he brings colon. The grammarians will tell you that anytime you see colon, it means what follows is just throwing further meaning to what came first. Or what came first is also throwing further meaning to what follows. And so, God says, I am going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And then he is explaining how he's going to do it. He says, he says, by anointing your head with oil. <laughs> by anointing your head with oil. And then he says, that moment I anoint your head with oil, one thing will happen. Your cup will run over. Your cup will overflow. Your cup will overflow. In fact, if you get the meaning of this scripture, your life will change. I'm telling you. And so I want to explain this scripture to you very well. It's very powerful, more than you know. You see, if God wants to prepare a table before our enemies, why does he have to anoint our head first? If God wants to prepare a table before the enemies of David, why does he have to anoint his head with oil first? And why is it that as soon as his head is anointed with oil, he begins to run in the overflow? Mm. Listen, first and understand that the oil is a typology of the Holy Spirit. I say it again. The oil is a typology of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10 verse 38, Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth not with oil. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth not with oil but with the Holy Ghost and with power. 
He substitutes oil with the Holy Ghost. And then he says, Jesus was not anointed with oil. No, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. So, when we talk about the oil, we are also talking about the Holy Spirit. And so, when David is anointed with the oil, he's actually anointed with the Holy Ghost. The next question comes then. Okay, if David is anointed with the Holy Ghost, why is his cup running over? Does the Holy Ghost make your cup run over? And now I come to the second part to explain to you. Follow me carefully. Follow me carefully. Follow me carefully. Water is also a typology of the Holy Spirit. Understand that I first established that oil is a typology of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Bible uses water as a typology of the Holy Spirit. Don't forget the scripture I read to you, John 7. That Jesus said in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man test, let him come unto me and drink. Bible says that water he was talking about was the Holy Ghost. So water is also a typology of the Holy Spirit. Remember also, remember also that Jesus met the Samaritan woman and requested for water. Ali <laughs> Goshada. And this woman was refusing Jesus' water. And Jesus said, listen, I have a water that when I give you this water, when you drink, you shall not test again. And this water I give you shall be in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. I am going to give you a water that shall remain in you as a well springing up into everlasting life. So you realize that water is also a typology of the spirit of God. Oh my God. Now a big question comes. So the Holy Ghost, when he comes upon our lives, he remains in us as a well. Now the big question is, how do you put a well in a cup? I don't know if somebody heard that. How do you put a well in a cup? And so the reason why David's cup will overflow is because what he carries is bigger than his cup. There is something in man. There is a river of living water in man. There is a well in man that the capacity is bigger than the cup we carry. The reason why your cup will overflow, the reason why your ministry will overflow, the reason why your life will overflow, the reason why your job will overflow is because what you carry on the inside is bigger than your vessel. And that there is a river in you. There is a well of living water in you that your cup cannot contain. Am I talking to somebody here on this platform? God is about to prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. That is why he has sent me to tell you that he has anointed you with the Holy Ghost and there is a river of living water in the inside inside of you, there is a well in the inside of you, and that is why your cup is running over, and that is why your ministry is running over, and that is why your marriage, your business, your career, your academics are running over. I don't know if somebody is understanding this. Listen to me. Before God and man, the day Prophet Joe called me and, and, and 
He told me, man of God, we are about to do prophetic and miracles conference. That moment I lay my head on the bed and I was asking God, what do you want to tell my people? This is the scripture he gave me. He opened my eyes and I was shocked. He said, Sam, do you know why David's cup ran over? It is because what came upon him was bigger than his cup. But this is something the people of God don't know. That there is a word. In fact, how can you carry a word in you and you are moving about with a cup looking for water? Imagine, say, you have a word in your house and then you carry a bucket outside asking for one, one, one bucket of water to bath. Such a shame. And yet that's what is happening. A word is within us. And yet we are moving around with our cup looking for water. Some can't even get a drop of water to drink. And yet there is a war in them. There is a well in them. Today and tomorrow, I am going to open your eyes to the well in you. How to activate it. How to bring it out. How to enjoy that living water that lives in the inside of you. Help me God. How do you put a well in a cup? Our cup will overflow because what we are anointed with is bigger than our cup. Listen, I'm not even done with the scripture. And then he says, <laughs> Goodness and mercy shall follow you. Man of God, have you observed something? You see, I am reading Psalm 23 and I'm reading Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It has similarities. It's so similar. Now, Bible says, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. After that, what happened? Bible says, who went about doing good? He went about doing good. That moment he was anointed with the waters. That moment he was anointed with the well. That is the Holy Ghost. He could not keep quiet again. Why? Because when the Holy Ghost comes, he comes like a well. And so you run in the overflow and then you go about doing good. Now, in Psalm 23, 2, when David is anointed with oil, his cup begins to run over. And the next thing that happens is that goodness and mercy, Abadiakata, goodness and mercy begins to follow this man. Listen, one sign of an overflowing life is that it comes after the anointing and goodness and mercy follows you. Now, now, Goodness here is not others giving you. Listen carefully. Goodness here is not, that, that's so myopic. So sometimes there are some of us we are always wanting people to give us, to give to us, to do us good. No, no, no. The goodness here Bible is talking about is not just others bringing to you. No. It is rather you giving to others because your cup is already full and overflowing. So how do you still receive? So now, you become the giver and distributor of his goodness. You become the giver and distributor of his message. Why? Because you are running in the overflow. Don't be so myopic, always wanting others to bless you. There is a river in you. Begin to bless the life of others. Because goodness and mercy follows you by reason of the Holy Ghost that you are anointed with. Am I helping somebody? Am I helping somebody? Yes. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and because the Holy Ghost has come upon him 
And because he was now running the overflow, guess what he did? He went about doing good. He went about spreading the water and healing other people of the devil. For God was with him. For God. In Ephesians 3, verse 20, Bible says, Ephesians 2, 10, Bible says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are his workmanship. We are God's handiwork. We created in Christ Jesus unto good work. If you are here on this platform, listen to me. God's blueprint for your life is what I read to you now. His blueprint for your life. That the FC network. Please can 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 come right here. Do just post a network. Then I think you will speak on the Okay. God bless you. God bless you for me. I think it's coming from those end. God bless you. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, he says, We are his workmanship. God bless you, Isaac. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And then he says something. Which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Is somebody, is somebody seen it? God's blueprint for you and I. Is that we are created unto good works. Anything short of that is not from God. Hear this from my mouth. Anything short from that means we are not walking the path. He says he has before ordained this path that we should walk in them. So if I'm not performing good works, it means I am not walking in that path. Like it or not, that is the truth. Like it or not, that is the truth. Anytime we are not manifesting good works, it means we are not walking in the path that God has arranged for our lives. We have to take part. We have to walk in that path. Yes. There is a world of prosperity within us. Oh my God. A world of healing. There is a world of miracles. A world of breakthrough. Magida Shata. A world of solutions. But the question is, are you aware? Are you aware that there is a world of prosperity in you? Are you aware that there is a world of living waters in you? Out of your belly shall flow living waters, rivers of living waters. Do you know how to draw out? Do you know how to draw from that world that is within you? Do you know that any time a prophet prophesies to you, God only gave him access to view some of the treasures in your well? <laughs> Let me say it again. Let me say it again. <laughs> any time a prophet prophesies to you, it is not something new. No. God only gave him access, a glimpse, to view some of the treasures in your well. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, he's only confirming what already resides in you, not something new. It becomes new to you because you are ignorant of what is inside you. And by prophecy, you are brought into a knowing and an awareness of what is in you. But bringing it out is your responsibility. I will say it again. Because this part, if you get to know it, it will bless you. Bringing it out is your responsibility. The prophet can only view the part that God opens his eyes to see in your well. And then he will tell you. But bringing it out, drawing the waters out, is your responsibility. Somebody says, it's my, it's my responsibility. It is your responsibility. You are the one to bring it out. 
If I prophesy to you today, or for every prophecy you have received, it was not anything new. Some of you, you, you hear something, you, you think it is so new. Listen, it was never new. It is something that is already resident in you. It is in your world. The only difference is that God opened the eyes of the man of God to view it. Yes. 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 This, there's, a, there's a scripture coming to my head. But I want us to pray. There's a scripture running through my head. A scripture running through my head. It's begging me to preach it. Aligo shalabaya. Aligo salabaya. Gradigo Is somebody getting the message at all? Now, now, okay. What is my point now? What is my point now? What is my point now? My point is that, child of God, you are already a step ahead when we talk about overflow. Because the one that brings overflow, that overflow that is a fuller satisfaction is the Holy Ghost. And he lives in the inside of you. You see, I think, I think it's better if I bring out the scripture that, that the Spirit of God has just brought to my mind. It, it will clarify issues here. So that we, we, we can pray. I'll be very fast on this. I'll be very fast. There, there is a scripture in Ezekiel chapter 47. I know some of you have heard the, the scripture. Ezekiel had a vision. And then God brought him to the temple. And then he saw water coming out from the temple. Oh, bloody case. The scripture I love so much. He saw water trickling out of the temple. <laughs> now, as the water kept coming out of the temple, Bible says it came through the east gate. It came through the east gate. Now, there is something about east. It's not my emphasis, but I just want to bless somebody. East is a typology of prosperity. East is a typology of deliverance. Bible says the waters came out through the east gate. I will come to it very soon. But there is something I want to open your eyes about this water that was coming out of the temple because today I'm dealing with water. Who is the Holy Ghost? Now, as the waters came out of the temple, there was a guide, an angel, that was with the prophet Ezekiel in the vision. And then he said, follow me. Let's follow this water as the water goes. So what happened? <laughs> From verse 3 to 5, describes the increasing depth of the size of the river from the temple. Bible says from the outer east gate, the angelic guys leads Ezekiel to follow the stream as he follows east. Now, as they were following the water, something happened. The angel, after they had gone a little while, measured a thousand cubits. Now, a thousand cubits is about 530 meters. Okay? It's about 530 meters. So, after they have journeyed about 530 meters, the angel begins to measure the water that came out of the temple. And ask Ezekiel to step into the water. And Bible says, as Ezekiel stepped into the water, 
The water was ankle deep. Follow me carefully. Follow me carefully. The water that was coming from the temple, trickling, as it was journeying, the water was somewhere, somehow, miraculously increasing. Such that this time round, the water, water was just trickling like a water that has been poured out of a bottle, was now ankle deep. Again, they go about 530 meters again, a thousand cubits. And then the angel measures again. And this time round, Bible says it was knee deep. I'm going somewhere with this, follow me. Again, the guide measures another thousand cubits. And then this time round, the waters come to the waist of the prophet Ezekiel. But by the fourth dimension, by the fourth measurement, the water moves from the ankle, moves from the knee, moves from the waist. And Bible says the water becomes a deep flood that Ezekiel cannot pass through. The waters were now above the head. He could no longer walk in the water, but to swim in the water. Why? The water had overflowed. Was now above the head of the prophet Ezekiel. I will explain very soon. I will explain very soon. So follow me carefully. Normally, eh, normally, without additional streams that feed into a headwater, the farther a tiny stream flows, the smaller it becomes, true or false. When, when it is flowing, you realize it will be decreasing. It will be coming little. Without additional streams, if there are no additional streams that feed into that headwater. But in this vision, what was initially a small trickle out of the sanctuary, like the water that was flowing out of a bottle, miraculously turns into a powerful river in the span of about 1.2 miles. This evidently shows that this water was coming from a supernatural origin. Because there were no additional streams that were coming to add up to this water. It was this same water that was coming out of the sanctuary. That is to say, the origin of this water is supernatural. I am going somewhere with this. The water was the same, but the depth was not. The water was the same, but the measurement wasn't the same. The prophet was not just observing the water, but rather he was experiencing the water. What do I mean? When the water was flowing, the prophet of God was not just following the water. He stepped into the water. He was experiencing the water. Listen, it takes your involvement, it takes your partnership, it takes your communion with the Spirit of God to walk in higher dimensions of the supernatural. The prophet was not only observing the water at 
Matthew, as, as it was flowing, rather, he was experiencing, his first experience was ankle deep. And then he said, I will not relent. I will not stay back. I will follow the waters. I will follow the spirit. I will partake. I will partake. I will be involved. Bible says, we are partakers of the divine inheritance. We are partakers of the divine nature of God. He followed again and this time round, by his involvement, the dimension moved from the ankle to the knee. And Bible says, yes, uh, still, I am not content. I want more. I am not satisfied. I want more. I want the overflow. I want a higher dimension. Bible says he followed again. And this time round, uh, the waters has moved from the knee to the waist. And the prophet said, yes, I am operating a new dimension. I can see. I can prophesy. I can dream. But I know there is more. There is more in this treasure that is within me. There is more in this well that is within me. There is more in this river that is within me. I will not settle with the ankle deep dimension. I will not settle with the knee deep dimension. I will not even settle with the waist dimension because I know that within me there are higher dimensions that I can contend for. And then he still followed the waters. And Bible says this time round he could not walk in the waters. He could only swim because the waters were now above his head. Somebody, you are about to run in the overflow of the spirit. It will take your communion with the spirit. It will take your involvement. It will take your fellowship, your colonia. It will take your partnership with the Holy Ghost to move from the ankle deep dimension to the west, to the overflow. Somebody, are you hearing this at all? You have settled on the ankle dimension for too long. It is not it is time to move to the knee dimension. And for some of you, you have settled on the knee dimension for too long. It is time to move to the waist dimension. He wants to measure more to you, he wants to measure a thousand cubits to you, but you have to follow. You have to follow. And this brings to mind. Oh my God. It is not enough to have him in you. You must know and experience him. Did you hear what I said? It is not enough to have him in you. It is not enough to have the waters in you. It is not enough to have the Holy Ghost in you. You must know and experience him. You carry the river of life, the Holy Spirit. But do you know him? Do you have any fellowship with him? You can carry God and not know Him. Hear me. You can carry God and not know Him. Your capacity is dependent on the amount of revelations you have on the river of life you possess on the inside. They that know their God, not they that carry their God. They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. You know Him. Do you know Him? You should know Him. Listen, Jesus was always with the disciples, and yet they didn't know him. It took the Spirit to reveal Jesus to Peter. And that instant, his dimension changed, his capacity changed. Do you know it is revelation, it is knowledge that increases the capacity of man? In the realms of the Spirit, knowledge is strength. I check it again. In the realms of the Spirit, knowledge is strength. Anytime you come to know, anytime a revelation comes to you, you receive strength, you receive capacity. 
So you carry God, but you have no capacity. The reason is because you don't know Him. When you come to know Him, He becomes a capacity in you. That is why two men of God can carry God and still they are not the same. Why? One knows the God He carries, the other does not know the God He carries. And so Peter says, You are God, you are Jesus, the Son of the living God. And then He said, Listen, by raising of this revelation, I have to promote you. You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he said, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. Why? Because of revelation. I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. They are keys in the spirit we receive by reason of revelation. You carry him, but has he been revealed to you? Has he been revealed to you? Prophet Joe, this is the shocker. I know my time is up. This is the shocker. When the prophet was returning, the guy told him, let's return and see what has happened. He thought he was only increasing in dimension. Little did he know something was happening to the environment by raising of the water. He didn't know. He didn't know something was happening. By reason of the water. Bible says Ezekiel, as he was returning, saw that so many trees were growing along the side of the river. Trees that were dead. Oh my God. Trees that were dead. The barren land, the desert land, became vibrant. Because the waters passed on the, on the desert, it changed its state. The barren desert became vibrant, flourishing landscape in paradise. Bible says, as it emptied itself into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea became a living water. Oh my God, oh my God. The water, anything it came into contact with came to life. Anything it came into contact with received life. Anything, there is a spirit in us, there is a water in us that anybody that comes into contact with us have to receive impartation and live again. If somebody who is dying meets us, they have to live again. Why? Because of the water we carry, because of the overflow of that water. Your ministry is dying, your job is dying. And yet you carry a water that can bring life to this job, that can bring life to this ministry. Are you not seeing the problem? Are you not seeing the problem? It is because we are not causing the water in us to overflow. We are not pouring the water in us upon the business. Look at Jesus. He will go about in the street, raising the dead and healing the sick and the oppressed. Why? Because he has been anointed with the river of life, the Holy Ghost and his power. So as he journeyed, the river flowed. And anyone that came into contact with this river was imparted. He could only do good. Why? Because of the river he carried. Because of the deposit that was in him. No wonder he said, as long as I am in this world, I am the light of this world. And so the sick and impotent folks will be laid in the streets. And the shadow of Paul will fall on them. And they will get up. 
because that was not just a shadow listen it was not just a shadow but a flowing of a river a flowing of the spirit in the streets giving life to everything it makes contact with when when paul was passing through the street it was not just a shadow it was the overflow of the waters and so as he was passing through the street his water was overflowing and anyone that came into contact with his water came alive was healed was made well as you walk into your business your overflow should cause people to be revived as you walk in the ministry, as you walk around your neighborhood in your house, your water should overflow. And so the aprons and handkerchief will heal the sick because it has made contact with the river of life, the river of power, the Holy Spirit. And so John and Peter will be will meet a lame man at the beautiful gate, looking unto them for arms, but they had more than arms to offer. You have more than money to offer. Money will not bring satisfaction. You have more than a car to offer. You have more than a house to offer. You have more than food to offer. There is the living water that lives in the inside of you. So Peter said, we have more than healing to offer. We, we have more than, I'm sorry, to offer. So Peter said, there is a river in me that gives life to everyone that comes into contact with me. When they realized that this man was not even ready, to jump into the water <laughs> peter sees him by force into the water because they realize you see sometimes you meet some people who are not ready to jump into your water for that answer catch them by force and put them in your water because you know you carry the solution <laughs> catch them by force peter sees him into the water by force he held up his, his hand touching him with the river of life yes you have to catch them Paul is preaching, and a man by name Ethicus, he falls and dies. And then he says, how can I minister life and have a man die at my meeting? How can I have a man sick at my meeting, a man impotent at my meeting, and goes back the same? It's a shame, man of God. It's a shame, man of God. How can I have a man that is almost dying at my ministry, comes to church and go back the same? Man of God, it's a shame, it's a shame. You carry water in the inside of you. You carry life in the inside of you. Something must happen. They bring the dead man. And Paul throws himself over him, drowning him in the river of life. And the man comes alive. Listen, sometimes throw yourself over your wife or husband. Drown your wife or husband in your water. Sometimes throw yourself over your children. Throw yourself over the business. Sometimes throw yourself over the job and the career. Water it, drown it. You carry the water. Sometimes just throw yourself over them. Do you know what you are doing? You are drowning them in the water. When the river flows, everything comes alive. Everything. I want to end here so we pray. Are you overflowing? Or is the river just in you doing nothing? You now understand me. I believe you cannot appreciate where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be ending it tomorrow. But I believe somebody is getting the concept that the overflow life has got to do with the Spirit of God. There is no overflow life without the Spirit of God. Can I, can I increase the volume here? There is no overflow life without the Spirit of God. No, no, no. No overflow life without the Spirit of God. Because overflow has got to do with the Spirit of God. 
Once that comes, every other thing around you will increase. Are you not getting the picture? That moment the waters were flowing, everything was coming back to life. That is it. Everything was coming back to life. And so you realize, as you cause your water to flow, everything around you will increase and you will overflow. The reason why David overflowed was because of the anointing he was anointed with. Yet you carry the same water. This water lives in the inside of you and yet we are struggling. The reason is because we are not causing this water to overflow. How does the water overflow? How do we increase this in this water? That is what the prophet Ezekiel was showing us. By following the water. By having experience with the water. By communing with the water. That by participating with the water. I want you to raise up your hand wherever you are as we, 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 we lift up this prayer. I know I've taken too much time. Forgive me. I'm ending soon. I will, I will finish the message tomorrow and then we enter into um, prophetic ministrations.